Hello everybody, my name is Ramon, and this is Ramon's Gadget Talk for Thursday, 12th of November, 2020. Uh, today we have a lot to talk about, obviously. Uh, Apple, uh, obviously two days back when we dropped the Tuesday episode, released the released all new Macs with, Apple's, uh, with Apple Silicon built in. And of course, obviously, uh, we don't, can't talk, keep talking about Apple. There's obviously other things to talk about. BMW made a new electric car. That's lovely. And... Um, MediaTek's back at it with another chip. Let's just go, let's just crack straight into the main story, sort of. I mean, so obviously Apple has released uh, yesterday, yesterday technically, if uh, probably when I'm filming the, uh, recording this, uh, on Tuesday Apple did its one more thing event, essentially its third fall event uh, this year. Obviously, they normally do one or two actual in-person events, but this year has been quite exceptional. I don't have to tell you. Probably Google it if you. It probably it's right there. But uh, obviously, uh, we can't go in person to an Apple event, so they've been doing these virtual events. So this is the third virtual event really of this year, um, on top of WWDC. Really, I mean, okay, this is technically fourth if you include WWDC, but it is their third event really. The first they talked about the iPads and Apple Watches. The second they talked about uh, the iPhones and the probably the uh, mm, trying to think of something the home pod really and then now this third one has been all about the mac and they released three new macs uh now the best uh the macbook air a 13 13 inch macbook air 13 inch macbook pro and an apple and a mac mini pretty much and all of them now feature apple silicon apple silicon in the sense that all of them have the apple m1 chip um which basically means that they're very very fast at what they do primarily uh, but actually um, we can't talk further without bringing this up let's just go through well if you've already whenever we uh, talk about devices when they're launching or being announced we tend to read their specs sheet it's time for specs alert bring it on specs alert specs alert specs alert the macbook air is a Ultrabook laptop made by Apple Incorporated in Cupertino, California. Obviously designed in Cupertino, just remember. Uh, the MacBook Air features an Apple M1 chip that features an 8-core CPU with 4 performance cores and 4 efficiency cores, a 7-core or an 8-core GPU option. That's kind of bizarre. We'll talk about that down the road. A 16-core neural engine ML processing chip uh, has two USB-C ports that can do Thunderbolt and USB 4 or you know about backwards compatible USB 3.1 and Thunderbolt 3 has a 49.9 watt hour lithium polymer battery that can deliver 15 hours of charge uh, doing web browsing or 18 hours of playback of video playback just to play a movie on Apple on the Apple TV app uh, has eight gigabytes of store, eight gigabytes of RAM, can which can double to sixty gigabytes of RAM, uh, come, and starts at two hundred fifty-six gigabytes of storage and goes all the way up to two terabytes. Features a backlit Magic Keyboard with a with a revamped scissor design, Touch ID on the power button, Wi-Fi six and Bluetooth five point out of the gate. Uh, fortunately, a seven twenty p FaceTime HD camera. Uh, Thunderbolt 3 video output support primarily, and you can and you can connect a MacBook Air to a monitor that could run up to 6K resolution at 60 Hz. Um, HDMI and other cables will work with an adapter. Primarily, the MacBook Air comes in 
it has a 13.3 inch diagonal LED backlit IPS retina, retina display with a resolution of 2560 by 1600 pixel, er, pixels, roughly 227 pixels per inch, and supports True Tone technology and P3 white color gambit, and can do 400 nits of brightness, so a little decent HDR out of the gate. The MacBook Air has this and all, all these features, and roughly, I mean, as a, for context, it weighs roughly 1.29 kilograms or 2.8 pounds in metric conversion, if that's what you care about. Roughly, it is 13 inches and comes with a 30 watt USB power adapter. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? So, and uh, on top of that, all this starting from 999 USD. Yes, prices may vary based on where you live. Do check in advance. Uh, but it starts from 999 USD for the base 256 gigabyte SSD option. Uh, and you can spec it up. Uh, now, quick kind of warning for this and other Macs. We don't know until they come out and people do open and check them. Check out, check them out, sort of. Uh, but uh, the RAM and storage is soldered. So you will have to pick the exact spec for these devices or if you do buy one, do buy one and then sell that spec down the road and get a upgraded one if you got the wrong storage or RAM. If you are just using a MacBook Air to access Azure or AWS or Google Cloud or generally cloud services or have cloud storage or external storage, 256GB would do wonders. Obviously, you could spec up, you do have to definitely spec spec up the memory and storage if you're going to use this for a long, long time. So that was the MacBook Air. Switching gears, the MacBook Pro also has come out. The MacBook Pro is a uh, high-performance laptop made by Apple Incorporated. Um, it roughly, it is a 13-inch laptop with a 13.3-inch diagonal IPS LED display uh, with 256, 2560 by 1600 pixels at 227 pixels per inch. Uh, so, and it can support a contrast ratio for million of, uh, and can support millions of colors. So the MacBook Pro 13-inch comes with the Apple M1 chipset, which basically has a 8-core CPU. Obviously, it's the similar, it's the same chip as the MacBook Air, and an 8-core GPU, along with a 16-core neural engine uh, uh, ML processor or APU, pretty much. If you look at that, uh, along with that, it comes with a 58.2 watt-hour lithium polymer battery uh, that can support 17 hours of web browsing support. Uh, can do 17 hours of web browsing and 20 hours of video playback so you can watch stuff on, on the Apple TV app and it'll last 20 whole hours which is which basically you can which is a uh, long enough battery life to binge two or three Apple TV plus shows primarily uh, if they're pretty much if one episode's an hour so that's basically yeah to, you can wa watch an Apple TV show you can watch like f two or yeah, you could to watch two Apple TV Plus shows and you get through a single charge. Oh well, uh, the MacBook Pro 13-inch uh, comes base out of the gate with 256GB of SSD storage as base configuration, 8GB of RAM. But yes, you can upgrade them to 16GB of RAM or up to 2TB of SSD storage. Uh, along with that, you get two USB-C ports that can do Thunderbolt and USB 4.0, backwards compatible USB 3.1 and Thunderbolt, and can do DisplayPort and charging and a little headphone jack, haha. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a good value for money in that regard. Primarily, you also get Wi-Fi 6 and Bluetooth 5.0, a 720p FaceTime HD camera, 
On top of that, obviously, uh, almost similar line specs with like the MacBook Air. Uh, but you get a 61 watt charger because it's a pro uh, laptop. The MacBook Pro 13 inch comes in two colorways, silver and space gray, and we'll start from 1299 USD. Obviously, prices may vary. Uh, do check in advance. So that was your MacBook Air, uh, MacBook Pro. I mean, the MacBook Pro is built for pros and it's tough and stuff. And then finally, you have the Mac Mini. The Mac Mini is a little desktop computer made by Apple Incorporated. Uh, it also comes with an Apple M1 chip, eight-core CPU with uh, with an eight-core GPU and sixteen-core neural engine. Uh, you have to supply your own keyboard, mouse, and display. So aside from that, you get eight gigabytes of RAM. Again, you can double it to sixteen gigabytes with two hundred fifty-six gigabytes of SSD storage out of the gate. And of course, you can bring it all the way to two terabytes. On top of that, you can run two displays at once to thanks to those two USB-C ports or one USB-C and one HDMI. Uh, so here you can run one display up to 6K resolution, 60 Hz connected via Thunderbolt, and one display up to 4K, 60 resolu 4K uh, resolution at 60 Hz over HDMI. So yes, uh, the Mac Mini also does HDMI natively, so you can run a 4K monitor without a problem. Uh, so you can go all the way to 6K via Thunderbolt. On top of that, you get two USB-C ports, one HDMI 2.0 port, two USB-A ports, uh, a power jack, uh, Ethernet, and a headphone jack. You'll definitely need the USB-C ports to get more ports if you want that. If you're that guy, card reader and stuff, use the USB-C ports for that. Uh, aside from that, you get Wi-Fi 6, Bluetooth 5.0, and just gigabit Ethernet. This is a little bit of a downgrade from 10 gigabit Ethernet, but oh well. Uh, if you are a regular casual user, you won't notice a big, big difference because we all don't have gigabit internet right now or do large file transfers, so not really a big, big deal. Overall, in terms of dimensions, because it's a mini, it is roughly 1.4 inches high, uh, tall, 7.7 inches wide, 7.7 inches overall depth, and weighs 1.2 kilograms or 2.6 pounds overall and can run at 150 watt, watts maximum obviously it'd be very very low because of the apple silicon chipset primarily the mac mini will start from 699 for the base tier and you can go up for 200 dollars extra for 512 gigabytes of storage obviously these prices may vary and only unfortunately comes with just a silver color silver colorway but it looks kind of kind of nice so that was your Mac Mini. And all these Apple computers are already available to order right now, and you'll get them, I believe, this week or next week. Check the Apple website, obviously, for more details. Uh, so, yeah. That was your Specs Alert, really. Oh, yeah, we're already kind of done with Specs Alert, but I kind of want to remind you that you could order them now and you can get them next week. So, yeah. Uh, but as I said, just don't take my word for it. Just check the Apple website. Obviously, shipping dates may vary. Uh, who knows? Everyone could have quickly bought one of these devices, and it would probably uh, it would take a few months because a lot of devices have been coming out, including the iPhones. I mean, there are some. I think HomePod Minis have been back ordered to like December, so you'll have to wait till the end of December for a Mac HomePod Mini. So a lot of devices people are buying them because they have a lot of useless cash in the back and stuff. But yeah, aside from that, really, uh, three new Macs, um, all powered by Apple M1 chip, which is ridiculously cool. Uh, and yeah, it kind of is cool. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there. Uh, with because uh, obviously we have to, we can't talk about all these new Macs without talking about the real 
uh, breaking news really is the Apple M1 chipset. This is Apple's first desktop processor built for Macintosh computers. All this time, Apple's been using third-party chipsets. Uh, Apple used market standard PowerPC chips, Motorola chipsets, and Intel chipsets all along through Macintosh's history. This time, in 2020, Apple did make the really big jump to use Apple's their very own homegrown so chipsets. The M1 is a SOC, a system on chip, which means it's a kind of an APU, an all-in-one processing unit. So essentially, uh, the M1 is built on a 5 nanometer process, one of the first chipsets in its kind. Basically means it has 16 billion transistors. Um, with 16 billion trans transistors, it's incredibly massive. Uh, now, the interesting part, and they talked a whole lot about the chip, it took out a good chunk, about a third of the event really, the M1 chip. Um, before, with typical MacBooks and Macs in general, uh, chips like features, obviously, like the I.O. controller, security controller, and much, much more various chips that did a lot of functions on the Mac used to be on separate processors, but now the M1 packs all of them together, including the secure enclave and much, much more. Uh, and obviously, when you bring everything together on a single chipset designed to run really quick, and that means you get an image signal processor, secure enclave, highest performance storage controller with AES encryption, low power, high efficiency media encode and decode engine, uh, and a Apple designed Thunderbolt controller that can do USB 4 and much, much more. And that means that altogether you get 3.5 times better, faster CPU performance, 6 times faster GPU performance, 15 times faster machine learning. 15 times, machine, 15 times faster machine learning. That's basically data sets in seconds. That's basically going through decades of data sets in just a, in just a few blinks of an eye. <laughs> so AI will be much better on a Mac. It kind of is. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of AI, AI engineers probably use a MacBook. So duh, this is a big, big deal in that regard all while enabling two times longer battery life compared to previous generation MacBooks because Apple's M1 chipsets are built on ARM architecture which has powered Apple's A-series processors which have enabled literally long, long and optimized battery lives. Hence, M1 chips, app, Macs on the Apple M1 have achieved battery lives, especially MacBooks, you get 15 plus hour battery lives. We've seen when the MacBook Pro and Air have already mentioned you get 15 plus hours of battery life. Now, this kind of standard on Windows, but the thing is, they're a little thicker, obviously, duh. I mean, be a little thicker, and the batteries are interchangeable, and all that good stuff. But, uh, obviously, this is Apple's computer, Apple's laptops, and they're all soldered up and optimized, and that means that uh, you get 15 hours of web browsing, and 15 hours of web browsing is decently enough if all you do is use Google Drive and Twitter and stuff, so 15 hours is ridiculously long um, compared to most laptops out there. Uh, out in the wild, really. And the idea is that because of this mobile kind of this because uh, this has come, because this is kind of inspired by the A series mobile chips, that kind of means that uh, the M1 chip can essentially achieve the peak performance of a PC laptop chipset at only roughly 10 watts completely, which is interesting. Um, and um, primarily. Uh, now, we've yet to see if Apple's claims of power and efficiency really are up to, up to the, are up to, I mean, up to the, up to spec really, up to, up to the power of really what they are as it is, but uh, it's kind of, it's kind of incredible uh, what Apple, 
basically managed to do by basically taking a mobile chip that they were really good at and then suddenly making it more powerful for a computer. So the M1 chipset has an 8-core CPU and an 8-core GPU. The 8-core CPU has four high efficiency, high power cores and four high efficiency cores. It essentially means that you get incredibly good performance. Obviously, the high performance ones are for editing and stuff, and then obviously efficiency cores are for browsing and stuff, which is interesting. On top of that, uh, it has probably the fastest integrated graphics out there, which I kind of can believe because there are a lot of tasks that Apple needs their chips to do, like video editing, rendering, you know, going th scrubbing through frames in 4K full native 4K resolution at Final Cut Pro X, you know, zooming into pictures, I don't know, all that good stuff. So essentially, with 2.6 teraflops of throughput, the Apple M1 has the fa world's fastest integrated graphics in a personal computer. So this is really awesome for video editing and photo editing and really for editing and coding tasks this is game changing. And obviously the, ML, the neural engine chip is good for ML processing tasks. Quickly can go through machine learning in a hard, in a hard, in a heartbeat pretty much. Uh, so, and because this is an M1 chipset, um, when you open the computer, it just jumps right in. It opens like a smartphone. In fact, you can say it's come from the iOS devices really all the good stuff you've seen from iDevices has now come to Mac finally and that can be really that's lovely news now you all have been thinking this is a M this is now an M1 chip um, what about apps that were built using X that were built with x86 architectures in mind well the WWDC event they did talk about this and stuff but really they did did uh, did they did it they did state really that um, that they were working on compatibility so there is, there's obviously uh, little programs and features like Universal Tech and obviously Rosetta 2, uh, which means that Apple, that macOS can quickly run x86 apps natively uh, with MCX. But a lot of major applications like Photoshop and Premiere Pro have been ready to use uh, Apple's own chipsets from day one, pretty much. So once you get the computers, uh, it'll quickly run all the Apple's own editing pro apps and perhaps some third-party developers and much much more so it kind of looks really it really looks really cool though uh, to say and these obviously these three computers obviously using m1 chip in the first but it's obviously soon within the next year or two uh, within the next two years you'll see a whole lot of macs that run the apple m1 chipset so this is definitely definitely exciting times ahead uh, if you ask me really so that's that so as i said all three com you have all these three computers now that run really have the same chip but also, as I said, uh, it's Apple's own chipset, so it makes it quite powerful. So, as for just for just for just for some facts, now with an M1-powered MacBook Air, you can do you can now play back and edit multiple streams of high full-quality 4K ProRes video in Final Cut Pro without dropping a frame. Export photos from Lightroom up to twice as fast, um, and use ML-based features like Smart Conform and Final Cut Pro to intelligently frame a clip up to 4.3 times faster which is kind of bananas for a computer that is really is roughly a thousand dollars starting um, so essentially because as all the emphasis of these three new Macs is that M1 chipset Apple's M1 chip and the fact that it enables so much more performance are uh, these little computers and we all know famously how horrible MacBooks have kind of been or how much limiting performance they've been because of those Intel chips that Apple's added and a lot of the focus has really been that they're moving to Apple Silicon and it's all about better better performance and how now you could do faster editing and faster 
uh, faster editing and lo and there's better load times and so much has improved really they're squeezing a lot more out of these devices because of that single integrated chipset really um, so it's yeah I mean it's kind of interesting for me there have been a lot of surprises like the battery life and overall especially that because these three laptops have sort of the same chipset um, they can go through quite a lot so you have the MacBook Air, which is going to be, which starts for 9.99. Then you have the MacBook Pro, which is 12.99, and then you have the Mac Mini, which is I think, which is uh, 6.99, um, which is kind of interesting. I mean, uh, and you got three good options really, um, but I think, but then now begs the question: you got all these good. I mean, essentially, and also I want to point this out: the MacBook Air and Pro. And mini, okay, the mini has changed slightly, really. It's just some things that they've, they've removed some ports, really. But the MacBook Pro and Air, um, they did remove extra USB-C ports from the looks of it. I think they've listened to customers and realized that nobody uses extra USB-C ports. And all of them buy adapters and hubs and, and, and hubs and stuff So to get more ports. So they probably brought it all the way down to two USB-C ports. So that's kind of a downside. But really, the both MacBook Pro and Air look exactly the same like last couple of years as MacBooks. So... Aside from that, there's the M1 chip, so it's brought in a big, big difference in performance. And you get up to 16 gigabytes of RAM and 2 terabytes of storage. SSD obviously maxed out. Uh, here, now here's the bummer. All these three computers have soldered memory and storage. So you'll have to decide on the perfect uh, spec. It'll depend on your use cases, really. If you are always editing it, you don't want to carry extra drives or stuff, especially talk about the MacBooks in general bump up that storage all the way up to one terabyte at least you would get quite a lot and if you want and if you want to be future proofing get up to 16 gigabytes of ram if you were going to upgrade this macbook down the road you're going to swap it exchange and buy another one three years later keep it to eight gigabytes really it'll be not not be enough in 2020 you'll have to use 16 gigabytes out of the gate it'll do wonders especially that pro that processor probably be as good as the ram and storage that you have and you get a really long battery life again this is because of that cpu i mean up to 18 15 hours of of uh, battery life which is impressive to start with and then obviously you got the mac mini which probably is again you get you get a pretty fast processor and stuff and now macbooks as i said you know I mean, you have to properly decide on the perfect spec that you probably fits you, and that you could afford. I mean, uh, and but for the Mac Mini, really, it's just a stationary device. You're gonna have it there all the time. It's gonna be on your desk all the time. So adding extra storage is not gonna be a problem, and it'll probably be as native as the main storage. But yeah, but then you'll be thinking, which Mac should I be getting if? It is all great and stuff, and it's much faster. It's all integrated. It can do faster editing and coding and stuff. Well, um, well, there are two of the three Macs I'd probably rec highly recommend. You just run out and buy it. You'll, you'll get good value for money right now. And that's the Mac Mini and the MacBook Air. The MacBook Air, though, is it's thin and light. You get long. You get decently long battery life. It's not as long. It's not a little longer than the MacBook Pro, really. But you get decently long battery life. It's the perfect laptop for vast majority of people. It's the MacBook for 70, 60% of humanity that isn't really into pro tasks or into having that pro device. So it's the perfect MacBook for 60% of humanity and is decently fast. And if you have 
you have teenagers sort of or young children they want a macbook quote-unquote for that editing macbook air would do wonders 999 is a good value obviously you need to th figure something about the ram and storage but if you really don't care then the macbook air will do wonders and obviously if you spec it up 16 gig max max out the ram and then obviously bring the storage up a little more 512 gigabytes or one terabyte of storage it'll do wonders for 99 percent of people out there uh, I mean, it, it, the MacBook Pro really, I mean, it just doesn't make sense at this time, uh, at this point of time. If you really need a MacBook Pro, get one. It will help. But the MacBook Pro, uh, it's really the one, the MacBook Pro to look, look out for, the one to, to watch out eventually is the 16-inch MacBook Pro. And that's where you get a big, big gain in performance. And hopefully, Apple may come out with a 16-core, a 12 or 16-core Apple Silicon chip. Maybe the M1X or something, or the M2 or M3 or something. Now that they have that, they might bring out a new higher core, core count uh, Apple Silicon chip, ideally with 12 or 16 cores, and the MacBook Pro can benefit from 12 or 16 cores. And that's probably where I'd probably say you'd go buy a MacBook Pro right there. But if you really need a MacBook Pro, you'll probably get this now. But aside from that, the MacBook Air is a really, really good deal for what it is. The Mac Mini is also a good deal for what it is at $699, obviously with their 256GB storage tiers. If you want, please, 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 please uh, do double the storage, that will do wonders, or triple the storage, quadruple the storage, and that will help immensely and double the, really, max out the RAM right now. It's at 16GB RAM, you have to get that if you want to use it as your main computer for years to come. So, the MacBook... Air and the Mac Mini are my go-to or recommend that for especially because they have the M1 chip so that's kind of lovely I mean and you are getting really getting a lot for the money it's not an exciting upgrade or game-changing uh, like obviously the upcoming MacBook Pros and the iMac those are really the more exciting ones to look out for now you have these uh, M1 chip set based Macs so that's lovely so I mean if you're feeling cool then you know you'd I mean, get the Mini and the MacBook Air. But here's another tidbit that I want to kind of remind you if you're thinking about that. And that is that the MacBook Air uh, Pro and the Mac Mini, all these that have the M1 chipset, uh, will not work with eGPUs because apparently it's something to do with Intel chips and the and sort of the and sort of the Thunderbolt standard and how Intel chips can do eGPUs. So you'll have to wait for that. So that's kind of interesting. Um, Oh, and uh, there's no information right now about Windows com Windows support, so you'll have to definitely log out for that. And obviously, the soldered RAM and storage, you'll will have to wait and see for the teardown teardowns. The teardowns could tell a thing or two. If it is soldered, it probably is. Uh, so, uh, aside from that, it's really re highly recommended, really, if you think about it. So, I mean, uh, that that those were all the new Macs. Um, I mean, get the Air and stuff. It's a good value for money. So, yeah, moving on. So, uh, we've kind of talked about Apple and their new Macs and the Apple M1 chip. Speaking of chipsets, MediaTek have brought out new chipsets uh, of their own to bring to make smartphone, smart 5G smartphones cheaper and cheaper. Because why not? Um, so, uh, MediaTek, uh, kind of today, sort of you could say, no, yesterday really, um, I mean, uh, this kind of came out like two days or so ago, but... Uh, but uh, MediaTek have released all new, have these all new sets of processors capable of driving up 5G phones, Chromebooks. So um, we talked about new Macs. So we should quickly jump first to the 
uh, chipsets for uh, for uh, Chromebooks, to say the least. Let's see if I can find it here. That is. Uh, so, uh, Qualcomm has released two new sort of uh, chipsets for Chromebooks, Google Chromebooks, mind you, the MT8195 and the MT8192. The 8195, as I like to call it, is pretty advanced, is built on 6 nanometer architecture, 6 nanometer process, and has four of the latest A A78 cor Cortex A78 cores on top of the four A55 cores, so a little like the, like the M1 neck and neck kind of, but it's a little, obviously a tad bit slower. Uh, there's a 5-core Mali G57 GPU core, along with a uh, AI processor that can do 4 trillion optical operating points, something to tops per tops or top per second, which can be used for voice and image recognition, including ultra-low power voice wake-up, Dolby Vision 7.1 surround sound, AV1 decoding are all supported, and in the MT8192, as well as on an older 7 nanometer process and just has four A76 cores along with a slower, little slower APU as 2.4 tops primarily as it's called. The GPU is basically a 5 core G Mali G57 which means you can run a 1080p display at 120Hz or 1440p display at 60Hz um, and can do G PCI Gen PCIe Gen 3 and you I hope they said USB USB 3.2. Why is that UBS? UBC 3.0 USB uh, 3.2 Gen 1 connectivity, and you expect to see uh, Chromebooks release chipsets next year. Now that's Chromebooks, mind you. Um, that's kind of cool that, that even MediaTek's working on. But they're talking about Chromebooks, mind you, and though that market is big. Uh, again, a lot of people around the world use Windows and Mac. <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, because um, Chromebooks are not really that common in ma various parts of the world in massive chunks of the planet, yet as outside of the Western world. So uh, unless Google really does work uh, their asses to bring Chromebooks to every corner of the world, really this would just be one of those chips for those cheaper Chromebooks. But that's that really. But um, but then in terms of smartphones, really they released the Dimensity 700 and 720 from MediaTek. This is kind of uh, between the G series and Dimensity 1000 series that they brought up for high-end phones. Arguably, ostentatiously, is that even a word? Uh, it's literally for Oppo and stuff, but really the Dimensity 700 is a, a really interesting chip. You could do dual SIM, 5G connectivity, uh, a 5G carrier aggregation functionality is supported out of the gate, so you can get 2.77 gigabit gigabytes per second uh, download speeds 30% greater throughput layer coverage which is I mean in tech in geek in geek speak is essentially uh, probably better coverage you can do up to 64 megapixel cameras the ISP can do up to 64 megapixels and you can get better night mode uh, out of the gate uh, on top of that it is built on a 7 nanometer process that means that it is 28% more power efficient um, and has 5G ultra safe tech from MediaTek themselves and also let's not forget this is a CPU too but the networking chip is all baked in as one processor so no separate networking chips to do 5G out of the gate so the cost of the phone would come, come down a little bit slightly but on top of that you get ultra fat you get LPDDR4X memory 1GB per second F UFS 2.2 dual lane storage 2.2 GHz CPU speeds which essentially means that it has uh, and uh, 
obviously you can do 90 hertz full hd plus display so really for your oppos and xiaomi's top notch uh speeds really is for the mid yeah it's for mid-range phones haha <laughs> see what i see what happened here um so aside from all this marketing speak about how great it'll do at 5g and 64 megapixel cameras uh the diamond c700 has two high performance Cortex A76 cores at 2.2 GHz and six, sorry, six A55 cores at 2 GHz. Maldi G57 MC2 uh, MC2 GPU. You can do up to 12 gigabytes of RAM out of the gate. You have a 2.2 1080p plus displays at 90 Hz. All power that without a problem. Dual SIM 5G, 5G itself. Uh, Wi-Fi 5 only, no Wi-Fi 6. That sucks. And Bluetooth 5.1 out of the gate. And the ISP on the Demon C700 can do 1080p at up to 30 frames a second video recording. The Demon C720 is the same die, is the same die, uh, and slightly newer GPU, uh, almost balanced, eight cores, uh, same refresh rate and display power, horsepower, same uh, storage power, but you get 4K video recording, which is kind of interesting. And here's a beautiful thing, uh, both Dimensity chips can do multiple voice assistants, so essentially, Google Assistant, Elixir, and, um, um, and, uh, and even Chinese AI assistants are supported, it was kind of awesome, so, Oppo, show me, uh, you're in for a treat, um, with the 700 and the 700. 720. Obviously, they've just announced these chipsets. It's going to be uh, these phones with these chipsets will come out in the coming year. Yes, MediaTek, a lot of MediaTek chips do end up on phones, a lot of phones out there, in, in case you forgot. Just for a quick point of reference, really, um, let's bring this one up here. Um, I mean, this, assuming this one has it, really. Um, where is it? Oh, shoot. One second. One second. So I actually did a quick Google search of phones with the with MediaTek's Dimensity chips, and uh, there are many around right now. I mean, I quick look at 92 mobiles have shown like a lot of expected phones with Dimensity chips. It seems like Qualcomm's taking a while to bring out, or maybe the manufacturers probably aren't really picking up these chips in the same way they probably do for Qualcomm chips. There's a lot of competition. Qualcomm CPUs are preferred more. They work with more global networks, but primarily networks in the U.S. and stuff. So more networks in a lot of countries prefer Qualcomm chips. It's it's kind of a bias sort of. Um, there's one phone that I managed to find, and it's a very recent release, the Oppo Reno 4Z 5G, which has a Dimensity 800 uh, chip. So essentially, they're releasing the 700 for uh, they're releasing the 700 for obviously a lot more affordable 5G phones out there. Obviously, first it'll come to phones in China because they won't have that much of an issue with that regard. But down the down the road in the future, there probably are more and more uh, chipsets that uh, have uh, the 700. We're gonna see the next year probably by next year. We'll probably have plenty of phones on the market with uh, MediaTek chips that can do 5G. It's interesting. I haven't brought in. A G series phone that can do 5G. I'm sure they're probably keeping a bit of segmentation. Um, I mean, you don't really need 5G if you're a gamer, but you do need it for that game streaming thing. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting what we're seeing with Qualcomm. So, interesting times. Also, I mean, powering tomorrow ahead. <laughs> and finally, um, well, it's been a while since we talked about electric cars, but we might as well talk about electric cars. Um, BMW. I mean, Bavaria Motorworks have come out with a new electric car, finally. First time in a long time, kind of. They have the i3 and stuff, uh, but that's a bit of a hybrid in my own eyes, kind of. It's not that powerful, 
but the BMW iX is a thing and has 500 horsepower equivalency in electric power 500 horsepower and 300 miles of electric range uh, 300 miles pretty much so uh, original the original obviously code name code named i20 the BMW iX is a, it obviously is BMW's new kind of crossover SUV uh, or looks a bit like compact SUV that promises incredible performance and is obviously BMW's newest uh, and probably proper uh, electric car that they're going to make and um, it's built on a it's underpinned by a new technical platform which is both scalable and modular and will likely make it onto future mo several future models from the BMW i and the core BMW brand so they built to make the iX happen they built an all new platform uh, that's a bit similar to what Volkswagen's doing Volkswagen has its own sort of um, uh, architecture or sort of drivetrain and so they can scale it up to different models and stuff so the iX has a, a fifth generation BMW eDrive platform which can be found under the new iX3 so there's going to be another BMW car electric car and the upcoming i4 the architecture consists comprises the, of two electric motors power electronics charging technology and high voltage battery so the power unit is manufactured as sustainably as possible and thus rare arts are absent kind of dope so the maximum output of the entire thing uh, would be roughly uh, 490 horsepower so 370 kilowatts out of the gate and i believe 500 pascals oh, okay um, through uh, 370 kilowatts i keep it to that one so essentially you can go zero to hundred in five under five seconds not freaking not too shabby for a compact suv weirdly they, weirdly enough they called it a sav weird god bmw and the brand names i mean names naming schemes calm down <laughs> so uh with 370 kilowatt kilowatt uh, horsepower pretty much output uh, 100, 0 to 100 in f under 5 seconds and you get literally a 100 kilowatt hour battery out of the gate so you get so it's sufficient enough you, according to primarily, primarily, preliminary measurements uh, it's sufficient enough to guarantee an overall chart range of about 600 kilometers but in the Ele environmental protection agency's F FTP 75 range test which is a measure for obviously American folks uh, the I BMW iX can achieve more than 300 miles on a single charge so um, basically you get 21 kilowatts per hour per 100 kilometers which is a through the uh, again if you base it on a WLTP cycle which is kind of cool obviously we'll have to wait and see for this one but essentially but also the difference between the iX and say the i3 is that the iX now because of it being a new new bat new battery electric vehicle and could do a lot can now do fast charging and stuff out of the gate uh, it's kind of an SUV sort of look, look from the looks of it now you can do uh, now you can charge the car up to 200 kilowatts which is kind of cool <laughs> um, Porsche Taycan and Tesla owners will be laughing at BMW buyers haha <laughs> suckers we do 800 watt we do 800 kilowatts wait is it let me check i'm uh, it is 800 so yeah, i read somewhere that the taycan charges up to 270 kilowatts so technically more than the b than the ix this would do at 200 so it's slightly slow so it's only do 400 watts uh so it's regular pretty much fast charging uh, and you get 11 kilowatt uh, wall box so you can charge it up in 11 hours which is ridiculously weird but okay and also the ix could do 5g so and apparently and they're bragging about the data capability apparently 
the iX is capable of delivering up to 20 times about around 20 times faster data processing times compared to infrastructure seen in current BMW models that's weird uh, talk about cars being more self-driving in the future <laughs> so more interesting than the fact that it's an electric car electric SUV and stuff completely and it has that it's got the BMW um, M7 X uh, yeah X7 X5 X7 vibes. I don't know much about the BMWs. Okay, so don't don't get mad at me if I screw it. The X7 yes, the a little like the X6 or the X7. Um, so with it basically carries this all new design language. It's a bit similar to the iNext, with this polygox hexagonal design, this futuristic hexagonal look, including the kidney kidney beans, the front kidney bean grill being this funky polygonal ship a little like the Nissan area as we covered in the previous episode it's got this, this kind of sharp edges uh, it's round it's still rounded and stuff but it's quite again sharp corner sharp corners and stuff uh, it's got this funky design really um, I mean uh, from the pictures though this is looks a bit like a dual motor that yeah there it's a dual motor car that's a beautiful part uh, so apparently it has the overall exterior dimensions are comparable to X5, height similar to the X6, and aerodynamic wheels, uh, pretty large ones, they're a bit like the X7, which is kind of cool. And you get uh, LED lights in the front, that's cool. Uh, apparently, the the original kidney the kidney grills that are fame that everyone knows BMW is for, uh, now, although they don't radiators don't exist on electric cars now, or filters, they fit the entire array of sensors, radars, and cameras needed for driving assistance and autonomous driving technology. The grill was specifically developed at BMW's Lutz uh, Research and Technology Center in Landschat, Germany. So they worked on that. That's kind of cool. So essentially, um, aside from reading from the press release, which is kind of cool, uh, BMW's kind of created a super, way too futuristic looking SUV. I don't know if people are going to buy this really. It is a very premium SUV. Very fu futuristic well ahead of its time really this is I'm talking 20 years 30 years ahead of its time kind of car from the looks of it and um, and um, I mean I don't know how you, I don't, for me I'd say I think primarily if you look I think that in, in terms of German car makers uh, Volkswagen and I'm thinking another one Volkswagen and 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 and, and Audi have really nailed the have really nailed the design of their cars they're kind of for today for the now moment and straightforward they've just slapped electric motors under it what what bmw done here is they've kind of reimagined the whole car essentially from like other manufacturers also from top to bottom as they're entering the electric era obviously some electric specific modifications like now that you can't now that there's no front engine now there's no front engine the kidney beans there's where your sensors go and you have these really cool array and grid of cameras so that's kind of interesting and the inside it's kind of poly bit of a polygonal design kind of so I don't know about you it looks weird though that's the thing honestly I don't know about you but I, I still kind of like the the current the current BMW series that it's kind of classic you can't I mean it, it they shouldn't screw with it that much as others may think I mean now there there's also another SUV on top of this is the the iX3 it looks a little nicer but um, god the X the, the iX looks bold it's kind of kind of boldish design really very future way too futuristic 
honestly, in terms of mini, in terms of co- German comicers, my favorite really, I mean, uh, uh, absolute favorite, really got to be the Porsche Taycan, really. If they make an electric version of the Porsche 911, I'd probably buy the electric Porsche instead of the actual diesel or petrol-driven Porsches. They're quite elegant. They, it's so seamless, and it's really futuristic, and it's, and it's quite seamless. The iX is pretty bold. Uh, it's kind of... It's gutsy design. It's, I think, I think there was ever a list of some of the gutsiest designed electric cars ever. I mean, after the Tesla Cybertruck, then there's the iX. I don't know about you, but maybe I'd say that the i series of cars from BMW were redesigned to push the limits of engine of design and 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 electric engineering really design, cons futuristic design really pushing that limit really. I mean, the original i series cars were all about that really, but this one's just over the edge really, over the cliff really. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, this is a premium car, mind you. This is not about hitting the masses with this. I mean, okay, um, Volkswagen's cars are more for the mainstream, for the looks of it, and so is, um, and uh, to an extent, Porsches really are kind of. I'd probably buy the Porsche more over uh, BMW. I mean, I'd love to see. I'd love to buy a BMW five or seven series electric, pure electric, really. And that's what I want. I mean, I'm kind of getting a little annoyed with old school comics who have already established designs, really top quality designs, like that are really good. Like, can't they just switch the cars over to electric uh, powertrains completely? And just sell that to people. People buy that really because it's already good enough design. Oh well, you c- shouldn't really, you shouldn't disencourage, you shouldn't disencourage cars. You shouldn't really uh, disencourage car makers from pursuing futuristic designs. It could come in handy in the future, but then concept cars are for what? I mean, those are for thinking about the future. But I mean, they look kind of nice. But the thing is, Porsches and Audis are really nice, and I mean, Volkswagen has a bit for for now for in in the in the current so i mean i'm i'm just saying for me it feels a bit too much i think a little better is the cyber truck that's got that's way too much but it's not too much it looks a little nicer and more for now because of tesla really but uh you know if you know me my heart's on tesla completely that's the thing but uh this car is interesting really the ix i mean if you are in the market if you're kind of in the market for a premium suv this is probably one to look for if you like BMW. If you're if you're into BMW, that is. If you want an SUV electric, there are a lot of good options on top of the Model X, Model Y. There are a lot of excellent options. Uh, the i the, the E-Pace, I-Pace from Jaguar. Um, what else? Uh, the one from Audi. I forgot the name. It, there's so many. It's confusing. The, it's. I mean, EVs are now coming out at a dizzying rate. And then there's there's the Rivians. The Rivians are solid. They're good for outback driving. I mean, if you've watched the Apple TV Plus series long way up, you see how good they are. Uh, Rivians are good. They're like Teslas, but they're a b- bit beefier. So, that is... I mean, I for me, honestly, the EV future, really, I'm putting hope on those EV-first startups like Rivian and Tesla and and Workhorse. They could do something great with their EVs. Traditional car makers, I mean, they're probably some, really some believers, but then others are probably doing it to meet emissions targets and stuff and to make governments happy and stuff. But that's the thing, really. I mean, so, really, I'm more excited for EV startups, kind of born to make EVs, really. They're probably going to do some serious innovation, and they're really bringing out some cutting-edge technology. And obviously, obviously, ones from China, like uh, NIO and stuff, they're doing some really, really in- impressive stuff in this field. So, the car industry is moving at a rapid pace towards electrification. Who knows, your next car really is an electric, so that's interesting. Aside from that, 
Uh, that was the podcast. Thank you for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SayItOnScoreMound99. And have a great day, y'all. And see you next week. Same time, same place, same podcast, really. Uh, ciao. Uh, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Peace.